invite you again. It's our last installment of the Grace of God, Grace Anatomy. And today I'm going to end it on Rescued by Grace. And it's Mother's Day. So I want to talk about a certain lady in the Bible. A woman of grace, like a lot of you women. If you, if you are a mom, you're a woman of grace. If you're single, you're a woman of grace. I want to give you that label because I'm tired of the labels I hear going out in the streets today. You're a woman of God. You're a woman of grace. You're not a bee. You're not this. You're not that. There's such an attack on women today and the labels that they're being called. And then I hear, it really breaks my heart. Some of us agree with it. Yeah, I am one of those. No, you're not. Don't, sell, don't cut yourself short. But we're going to talk about a woman of grace who was rescued by grace. Her name was Rahab. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. If you have your Bibles, uh, you, can use, um, you can get and use your Bibles. Even now, it's right here on the screen. It says, by faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she was given a friendly welcome to the spies. She had given a friendly welcome to the spies. There's only two women, and we know about Hebrews chapter 11, Called, we call it the Hall of Faith. There's only two women that are mentioned in the Hall of Faith. One is Sarah, Abraham's wife, and the other one is Rahab. And look at the name, Rahab the prostitute. And I'm not going to hide that. You know what a prostitute is. But I want to tell you something special about this prostitute, Rahab. She was a woman of grace. She started as a prostitute. She ended in Christ's lineage. See, we all start somewhere until we meet Jesus Christ. And our lives are turned around, and we come from there to here. We all had labels. I remember I had, I had friends I still grew up with. I had one friend. We call him Stay High. We identify him by his habit. See, that's Brother Stay High. Stay, stay High. I never knew the guy's name. <laughs> Walked with him for four years. What was his first name? Stay High. You know what's interesting? How we identify people by their problem. We judge them by the problem, not by grace. Well, I recognize grace is slow to judge, but it's quick to deliver. Grace is slow to judge, but it's quick to deliver. See, God did not see Rahab's condition. He did not see her label. He saw her faith. See, when our father looks at you, you might have thought you blew it. You thought it was something wrong. You didn't raise your kids right. Nothing's going right. He doesn't see your condition. He doesn't see your label. He only sees your faith that you haven't given up and you haven't walked off, but you hung in there with him. God remembers faith, not labels. When we meet people, we must remember that see them how Jesus sees them. Every person Christ died for. Every person Christ died for. Because you've got to recognize Rahab's label was not an obstacle to God. Her label as a prostitute was not an obstacle 
to God. Don't let people's labels be an obstacle to you. See, grace doesn't see the labels. It sees the God's creation. Now, I'm dedicating this a lot to moms, but this is everybody. <coughs> we got to stop walking by the labels and start walking by grace. Because we all, if you look back, we forget that we have a past. But you also remember those who you see have a future. See, we had a past, but they have a future. And we're walking in our future. You might not recognize, but we are. You know, when God in his grace uses people we might think could never become his servants. God in his grace uses people we might think could never become his servants. Well, I love this story. So I told you, I told you my mother, my, uh, Donna, mom, and my mom is not here today. See, I was a foster kid. Born addicted to heroin. Born in jail. A ward of the state. And my mom, foster mother, saw not the condition. She saw a product of the king. See, all you are here, not by accident. I don't know who might have told you that, that you are a mistake. You're not by mistake. It's divine order that you're here. It's God ordained that you're here. So we look beyond. She looked beyond the label and she saw a product of the king. Now how our whole household was full of foster kids. The reason I'm sharing this story because same way God saw Rahab, it's the same way we need to see people. Even the ones that tear your heart out. They're just lost. They have no idea what they're doing. They're not supposed to know better if they don't know Jesus Christ. So I want to talk about Rahab and where she came from. If you recognize, we read through the Bible in the Old Testament, all the way in Genesis, going through Exodus, Moses, children of Israel in Egypt for 400 years under bondage. Moses delivers them out. They were going into the promised land. The promised land was only 11 days. Took them 40 years to get there. <laughs> Two million people whining. I don't know how Moses did it. He had a lot of grace. He had so much grace, he asked God one time, God, you love me, just kill me. Kill me now, and you can start with someone else. <laughs> and God in his grace says, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to help you. And you see, going on with the book of Numbers, when they're about to go into the promised land, and they murmured the whole way there. And you know, when murmuring brings unbelief, and when it's time to step into the promised land, even with the miracles that they saw, they had no water. When they brought the Red Sea, they went to the Red Sea. It didn't matter because they wanted their needs met. And they went there, and they couldn't go in, and they had to wait 40 years. Twelve guys went over, spot out the land. It wasn't, their, it wasn't God's idea. It was their idea. Two of them came back with a good report, Joshua and Caleb. 
the other 10 came back with a bad negative report, and they got exactly what they said. They said, you leave us out here to die in the wilderness? Well, since you said it, okay. 40 years, they walked around. And God's grace, even in the Bible, the shoes never wore out, the clothes never wore out, they never went hungry. He fed them the whole time until they were able, another generation rose up with Joshua as the leader. Even Moses didn't get in because he got frustrated. He had an anger problems. I hope you get to read the Old Testament. It's just us. Just us. I love it. It's a, it's a great story. And now it's Joshua's turn to go in to enter Deuteronomy as, he, as Moses handed off the baton to Joshua. And he's going to go. He sends this time, instead of sending 10, he sent two spies just to see how the people are going to respond to them coming into their promised land. Now, a lot of you want, everyone wants to go in the promised land. You have to recognize that promised land was full of sin, full of debauchery, full of everything. And God wants to implant his people in the world, in the, in the promised land, the world of milk and honey, to change it. See, a lot of us, we think peace is, if I go into the world where there's no problems, no. Same pattern. Everywhere you go, you're going to bring change. So you might as well have peace in the midst of the storms and the struggle. So they go in, they spy out the land, they go to Jericho, the center. It's a military campaign. They kick out the center. Jericho was the biggest fortress there was. Two walls, dividing walls, up in the air. Some of them was over 15, up to 40 feet high. And they stayed. First place they went to, they stayed with, was Rahab, the prostitute, who had a house in one of the walls. Not a great place, but she was an outcast of her own people. No one wanted to put up with her. And the only people that went there are the ones, the husbands that were cheating, and the military men that came in. But there's one thing about Rahab. She was surrounded by disobedience, but she didn't get caught up in disobedience. Now, she was a Gentile and a prostitute. That's a double negative. Because she wasn't, she wasn't from Israel. She wasn't a Jew. She was outcast by the Jews, and then she's outcast by her own people because she's a prostitute. But one thing she didn't get outcast by was God because she had the faith of God. See, it doesn't take much to have the faith of God. She could have just blamed her condition on the world the way we do. Huh? Don't we? Reason why I robbed the store? Reason why I'm like this? Because my daddy was like this. Well, you had no choice at four. At 24, you have a choice. And you don't have to go on Dr. Phil to get great information from me. <laughs> Tell you to you straight. That's just a lie to stay marginal. Where was I? Okay, going back to the story. They go in here, and the king finds out that these spies are here. Now, I want you to listen to the response when I read this how they viewed the Israelites. I want you to really hear this when I read this. Because the Israelites 
didn't know how great they were. And it wasn't they were great because they were a people. They were great because of their God. And I want, when I read this, I want you to recognize you're not great because you're a people and you're educated. You're great because of our God. Let's go there. Uh, Joshua chapter 2, excuse me, verse 8 through 15. It says, Before the men laid down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear has fallen upon us and, our, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. This is a response to the children of Israel. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea 40 years prior, before you, before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who are beyond the Jordan, and Sion and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. There was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heaven above and earth beneath. Shouting. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord, as you have dealt kindly with you, as I have dealt kindly with you, you also deal kindly with my father's house, and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, Our life for yours even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. And then she left them down on, she let them down on a rope, through the window, for our house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. This engagement with them, with her and Rahab and the spies, there's some language in here. When I call you women of grace, there's, some four, there's four things that I recognize in my mothers and women of grace. Courage, confidence, concern, and covenant. And I'm going to go through each one of those. I'm going to unpack this scripture. You've got to recognize one thing. While the children of Israel, when they walked through the Red Sea, they went over there and had a great party. Two days later, they were crying because they had no water. But to them, God wasn't efficient enough. To those in Jericho, oh my gosh, here they come. Can I give you a clue? Your enemies are just as scared of you because of your God. Not because you're good, because our God is good. We're fighting something that is afraid of us. If we ever recognize and walk forward, they're going to have to flee. Because they heard of the reputation before they got there. Forty years they had to wait. And they didn't even believe the way these people believed. Their hearts melted. They said it was in lockdown. Ever been in a place that's been locked down? I remember when we got caught up in um, when um, Payless uh, Hardware was here, and we had a storm coming through. I got here in 96, and they had a storm come through. They told us to lock everything out and get in the center. I said, there's a lot of windows here. I don't think we're all going to get hurt. But, okay, I'll get in the center. And they locked the store down, and we couldn't get out. And no one can come in, and no one can come out. That's what we're talking about. This is Jericho. They were locked down. Because these guys from God are coming for us. Wow. See, that's what your adversary thinks. 
He knows if you pick up the Bible and you start reading the Bible, oh man, I don't want them to know that stuff. I don't want them to know about the authority. One thing about mothers, they know who they are. Do not tell them who they're not. Don't tell them, don't read that Bible. Don't tell them that you're the head, not the, don't tell them in Christ you can do all, don't tell them that, don't listen to that. Why? He's scared too. Just as they were scared, locked down. Amazed them. But look at the faith of her. She's surrounded by disobedience, but she wasn't, she had faith. She lived in Canaan, but Canaan didn't live in her. One thing I know about moms, they have their ways. Right? Is the high, highway, your way or the highway? Right? And usually it only played out right back here. And that hurt a lot. But one thing I recognize mothers today have courage. Courage. The king asked, sent some people to her and asked, hey, did they come in here? She said, yeah, they came, but they left. She put her life on the line for those. And I know mothers with undying love. You guys will put your life on the line. I know this. Guys don't get it. We would too. But you have an undying love the way God created you to put your life on the line for your kids, for your families. Come on, somebody. You feel that. That's what I like about moms. When they kidnapped me as a teenager and I called my dad, when I went up to the orphanage, my dad came and got me. My mom went off on that social worker. And I heard her like, go get her. Because <laughs> you try to play something, and she rose up. She said, well, take him. You won't get him anymore. So they put me in different houses. So they couldn't find me when she got sick. She had cancer. Protecting me. Because she had courage. She went against the system. Because when you were sick in those days, they took you and put you somewhere else. She went against, and I got parents here, you go against the system. I know you do. Courage. Confidence. Confident not in her own ability, but in the ability of God. Yes. The ability that God will do what he said he's going to do. She said, when he came out, we saw that your God did all that. We knew we were next. Not that you were great, but our God is great. Confident. When your child comes home and they said they can't do something, what do you tell them? You're confident they can do it, can't you? And if they refuse to do it, what do you really tell them? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Yeah, oh, got a hand going up now. I'm going to stay out of your house. Confident in the Lord. You're confident in his ability to raise your children. You're confident. See, you don't even believe this. You do it every day. When it becomes just second to you, when you walk like the children of Israel, they walk with God every day. It became born. They never recognized it. But you do it every day. You have confidence that you can get up and feed that child. You got confidence that you can get your husband out the door. You got confidence that you can maintain this house. You got confidence you can work full time and take care of the house. You probably never heard this because it became so routine. And no one said thank you. Again, if it wasn't for Mary, it wasn't for no mothers, we wouldn't be here. And here's the bad thing. Guys, you can hold your ears. If it wasn't for the women of the church, 
church would have left a long time ago. And I thought, we were lethargic. And now we're trying to break guys out of that. Wait, come to the Father's Day message. Don't worry, just bring a friend that, think you, that needs to be here. I recognize that because God created us, them. And the leadership that we have gave away, the women rose up for it because it's in them. It's in you as mothers. Third thing, concern. One thing I recognize about Rahab, her concern, not just for her own life, but for her family's life. In chapter 6, 22, the whole family was saved through her faith. She wasn't, when you have an issue, a lot of times you don't think about yourself. You think about other people and how they're going to affect your family. That's what she was thinking about. I think about my, my, uh, my mom and my dad, my father, all of them. Even though those are the type of ones that probably rejected her because of her profession. But she thought about them because grace makes you think about others first. Last one is covenant. She cut a covenant. I will do all I said. I will not tell. Just don't forget us. And she didn't break the covenant. The pressure would have been break it. Even when they're marching around. You know about the children. They had to watch around for six days once. Seven days, seven times. The last time around, you raised your voice. The walls came crumbling down. Every wall but hers. Because she kept covenant. Because she thought about other people. She kept covenant. She knew other people's lives depended upon her being her yeses being yeses and her noes being noes. And I tell you today, and they don't say it today about moms. And they don't say it about young ladies. Well, I know when y'all make up your mind, two sticks of dynamite isn't going to change it. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. Why? Because you're women of grace. Yeah. And you had to fight through a lot. Some of you had to fight through a lot of things to stay a mom, to stay the course. Life has not treated you fairly, some of you. But I recognize you have not stopped. Now I applaud you for not stopping. Why? Because you're women of grace. And men, if you're in a relationship with these ladies, you need to give them double honor. And ladies, if they don't get out of job, you know my line, right? If they don't have a job, they don't have you, okay? So, we already know that line. But they have to come through me first. And I'm not easy to get through. Here's the thing. You have to recognize you have courage. And you have confidence. And you, I know you have concern for your children, for what's going to happen tomorrow, because that's the way God created you. And I know you're not even thinking about yourselves. So I've seen you you'll lay down your life for your children. And I know when you say something, it stays that way. And this was a woman, again, who was a prostitute with a label. But you know, she went from Rahab the prostitute 
that she had so much faith, even when they put her outside the camp when she showed up because she couldn't be in the camp. They saved her, but she had to be outside the camp because she wasn't a Jew. Even though she was a prostitute, she went from being a prostitute to a daughter to the lineage of Christ. She went from the wife, being a wife of Solomon, the mother of Boaz, when we read the book of Ruth, and she became the great-grand-grandmama of King David. And in King David's line was Jesus Christ. See, when you stay where you are and you just work hard and believe God, you're in the lineage of Christ because you were born into his lineage. Matthew 1.5. And Solomon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. Hey, I don't see the word prostitute anymore. Oh, that label dropped off. And Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David. And the story goes on and on and on and on and on. Because God has new labels. For each and every one of you, if you don't feel it, I'm going to let you know what your label is. Grace has its own labels. You are forgiven. You are accepted. And most of all, you are loved. That is the label that you walk with every single day. You are forgiven. You are accepted. You are loved. Married children, no children. That is your label when you walk by grace in God. Has nothing to do with what you did in the past. Because he doesn't see the labels. He sees faith. He sees one that was created in the womb who I have a plan for, moms. And then you taking children and you're launching them into greatness. Yes, it's tough. Sometimes they look like they're not getting it. But I'm here to tell you, they will remember it. I remember the, the Sunday school story. My mom told me that first Sunday school about Jesus. I remember. Didn't know where he was, who he was, but at least I, remember, I recognized the name. And the year she had, she got me until I was 14 years old, 15 years old. She put it in me. I'm going to help you go and live because I won't be here forever. I got to get you up and going because I won't be here. But she got me up and going and put me in Christ's hands. She launched me out. Don't give it up. You're launching the next generation. I don't care how tough it is. Launch them. They don't seem like they're getting it. They're getting it because the word does not return void. It will produce whatever God said that he put it to do. You are courageous. You are. Confident. You're forgiven. You're accepted. And you're loved. Why? Because grace is slow to judge and quick to deliver.
slow to judge, and quick to deliver. Don't let your label, whatever someone labeled you, let grace override that label. Forgiven, accepted, loved. Moms, you're forgiven, you are accepted, and you are loved. Even when people don't even love you back. One thing I know about our God, he loves you anyway. It's not about performance, it's about being who you are. And some of you are worried. You've got great concern for your children. Who doesn't? But if you raise them with this, yes. 22.6, when they grow up, they will not depart. When they get older, they will not depart. Not when they're young. When they're old, they won't depart. Yes. Because what's in them is a seed that's going to grow and blossom into a beautiful plant. That's right. And here's the one thing. Don't get too angry with them and judge them because God's gracing them. God is gracing them. Every head bowed, every eye closed.